This show is brought to you by earpeeler.com. What's up, everybody? This is John Bush from Armored Saint, and you are cranking it up. Hey there, this is Joey Vera from Armored Saints, and you are listening to Mars Attack. This is Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein of Doyle, and you are listening to Mars Attacks. Hey, what do you say? Be careful, because Mars Attacks. This is Bobby Blitz from Overkill. You stay tuned. Hey, this is Chuck Billy from Testament right here on Mars Attacks. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dave Windorf from Monster Magnet, and you are listening to Mars Attacks. Hey, what's happening? This is Tommy Victor from Prong and Danzig. Hey, all, here's Andrea Peter from Sepultura and De La Tierra, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Enjoy. Yo, what's up? This is Frank Fellow from Anthrax, and you are listening to Mars Attack. Turn it up! Hey, this is Richard Patrick from Filter, and you're listening to Mars Attack. Hello, everybody. This is Max Cavalera, Soulfly. You're listening to Mars Attack. Stay metal. This is Brant Bjork. And you're listening to Mars Attacks. So keep listening. Hey, what's up? This is Kyle from The Sword, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Welcome, one and all, to episode 141 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And we are back with another interview episode this week this week we feature Kyle Shutt of the band The Sword uh, was lucky enough to speak to him a little while back and you'll see that one of the things that we discuss is the whole aspect of the band touring with Metallica it was interesting before Hardwired to Self-Destruct came out one of the first thing that people bitched about was oh you know they'll never take an unknown band out and it turns out that Metallica is doing just that with a lot of these dates they've already been doing dates in South America with lesser known bands that have um, either won via contest that the band has picked them out and things of that nature I don't know the exact ins and outs but again a band like the sword it wasn't like they were new on the scene when Metallica picked them, but they definitely did not have the following that they probably did after opening up for Metallica. So it's interesting to hear Kyle talk about that and you know how the band interacted with them, what the tour was like, what touring with Metallica is like, basically. And obviously they just put out an album. They put out two albums this year. They put out High Country and they put out Low Country. So right away, Kyle will correct me with regards to whether Low Country is an acoustic album or if it's just a remix per se. So it's interesting because he draws a lot of parallels to what Rob Zombie slash White Zombie did in the 90s with putting out remix albums where it was a different take on material. Another band that has been doing that lately has been Monster Magnet, where they've done a, you know, re-envisioned whole albums, <laughs> which is just ridiculous. I mean, it's very cool. It shows how artistically driven they are to be able to take the same tracks and interpret them a different way. There's one thing that people have always mentioned to me, artists, um, 
how really an album is almost like a photo album. How, you know, people of my age in the early 40s and maybe people younger, you know, you had photo albums where it captured moments in time. And for a lot of these people, that's how these, you know, their studio output is, is that they're taking a fraction, a, a moment in time, you know, what was going on when something took place. And, you know, you hear things like, you know, like a band like Heart, who says that they will never play Magic Man again, for example, because it had to do with someone that um, one of the Wilson sisters, Ann Wilson specifically, was involved with at the time when she wrote the track. Uh, so it's, to me, it's similar to the argument of, well, it can only be this band, or it can only be this formation of the band to be a, you know, a perfect uh, version of the band or whatever. Oh no, if so-and-so isn't in the band, it's not the band anymore. But to me, you know, it that doesn't make sense as as someone that, you know, has been a wannabe musician, as I've said in the past. Relationships change, things change. You get divorced. Does it mean that you have to constantly see your ex-wife because other people want you to see your ex-wife? You know, it doesn't, It to me, it doesn't make sense. So, yeah, so similar to that, why should Hart be forced to play one of their biggest hits? I understand, but if it brings up, you know, horrible memories or whatever, then no one should be forced to, to have to do that. Um, for so many years, people wanted Metallica to play Escape, and they had their reasons, they finally did it, and... I have always thought that that song was cool, but I understand why they didn't want to do it because Electra wanted them to do, you know, a softer song per se so that they could sell to radio. And as a result, they've always, you know, shunned the song or, or shied away from doing it. They've only done it live, I believe, on two occasions. So, so anyway. What I'm getting at is that for a lot of bands, playing certain tracks is difficult because maybe it reminds them of something that went bad in life or something that was, you know, something that was great, a relationship. You write a whole bunch of songs about that relationship and then the relationship sours and you no longer want to be reminded of that, you know. There are others that are forced to do it because it's their only hit. So, I mean, I get it. I, I get all angles of it. But, you know, it, it sort of is what it is. But in any event, I, I think it's cool that they've taken a different approach to these tracks. And, and you'll hear them talk about all that. Um, Want to remind you guys to, you know, go to iTunes, leave a... You know, leave a review, uh, go to, you know, to our Facebook, to our Twitter. What I've started to do with Facebook, there's a, there's a ton of content that, okay, I'll, I'll break it down for you this way. You hear me talk about Ear Peeler all the time. It is my podcasting news site. And the original idea for Ear Peeler was that Ear Peeler would be hard rock and metal exclusive, or music exclusive anyway, would expand to different types of music, which 
which has taken place. I've expanded to reviews and gear. And this week, I've actually expanded to uh, sci-fi related podcasts and wrestling related podcasts and some TV related and movie related podcasts. I'm just trying to expand the audience that I have. I mean, I've mentioned this a bunch of times that anything that you guys click on on that site or MarsAttacksRadio.com or GalaxyOfGeeks.com, that does nothing but help us out. I mean, I've been having server issues from the start, and the only way to, you know, hire someone to look at the issues or upgrade the servers that we do have is by generating some sort of cash. You know, I'm lucky that I've been able to go this far with it and that my wife hasn't, you know, fired me out the window for all the money that's that's been spent. And the idea is to somehow monetize Ear Peeler. So um, I would love to be able to do that. I would love to be able to. And, and my idea is to invest money back into it to make it better and then once it's at a point where it is better to try to, you know, via ads and via different things, make enough money so that I can make somewhat of a living off of it. So when I first started Ear Peeler Up, I started another podcast called Entertainment Podcasting. And same deal. Some of the some of the podcasts that are now included in Ear Peeler were earmarked per se to go there. There were some that were going to go to another site called Wrestling Podcast Central. Uh, so I had basically five sites that I was working on to try and, you know, focus on different sectors of podcasting. Unfortunately, it is, you know, again, due to server issues, due to me learning on the fly, and due to me not being able to dump more money into it. I've decided that I'm going to start sort of consolidating things into Earpeeler with the idea that once I do have enough money to work on the other sites as well and work with the developer and flesh things out further, that I will be able to then break things off if if that makes sense. Um, any feedback you guys can send me is greatly appreciated also. And if there is a podcast that I'm not featuring, please go ahead and you know drop me a line. You can do so by writing me an email at input at marsattacksradio.net and just let you know let me know what you think about the whole idea, what you like, what you don't like about ear peeler, so on and so forth. You know, this is something that again I've tried to put together as a supplement to sites like you know Brave Words and um, you know and and Blabbermouth and. I know there are people that have said, well, what if you just run with, you know, clickbait storylines? And I don't want to do that because, you know, I want to make this for the fans, you know, and for, for bands and artists that, you know, want to connect with people. Unfortunately, you know, I'm bombarded with things on a daily basis, so I can't even begin to imagine what Brave Words and Blabbermouth are bombarded with and... You know, I'd love to have all of my episodes, you know, publicized on all those sites, but the fact of the matter is they're not. So for whatever reason, they don't want to run with it. They they just don't do it, you know. I'm 
I used to be bitter about it, and now I'm not. I'm trying to focus on my own things and, you know, trying to take a positive spin on things. So there you go. Um, what I'm trying to get at is that one of the sites that I was working on was going to be called Signals from Mars. And what Signals from Mars was going to be was band videos and concert videos that I couldn't use on Ear Peeler. And because things are just not working out, I've spent hours upon hours. And, you know, once when I work on one site, another one goes down. And it's just a big clusterfuck, the whole thing. You know, I, I'm trying my best. And, and unfortunately, it's very frustrating and very disheartening to not be able, you know, it feels like I'm not even taking baby steps. It's as if I'm taking, whew, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm walking decimals of an inch you know um uh, nanometers you know and i'm slowly getting there but it's taking forever you know uh, a five minute walk is is taking you know over a year so far but it is what it is and so what i've begun doing this week is that any video that would normally be earmarked for uh, signals from Mars is now going to go to Mars Attacks for now to our Facebook page. So keep up with the Facebook page to, you know, and actually that links to the Twitter, I should say. So anything that I post on the one will go to the other. So any videos that I post there, you know, you can check them out. And if they come from a specific source, like I posted a bunch of Graham Bonnet videos this week from uh, some live shows that he's done. I've posted the source name there as well because I want these sites to get the recognition. That That's what, you know, I, I don't get. Um, you know, I've reached out to a bunch of people to partake in the classic album series and some of them have pretty much like shunned me because they see what I've done with Ear Peeler is sort of like competition and that's, that couldn't be further from the truth, man. I, I, I'm trying to help the little guy out, but I understand that at the same time, I have to include, you know, things like Eddie Trunk's podcast or Talking Metal or the Classic Metal Show that don't need to be on Ear Peeler. But in a lot of instances, you know, it, it pisses me off that the only way that anyone that isn't a fan of any of those shows might find out about you know, an interview is due to what I'm doing with it. You know, I, I wish the word could get out there via other sites. And, you know, it sucks that, oh, this guy's, this guy's competition. I'm not, you know, fuck him. I'm not gonna, I don't want to work with him or I don't want to comment on this. I'm, you know, pandering to the enemy type deal. It's like, what the fuck, man? We're all in this together. That It's just... How I see it, and, and you know, it just sucks that that's what people think. You know, I don't know. It it bothers me, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm lost for words. Anyway, getting getting back on track. That's that's why with Mars attacks with the videos, I'm posting the sources because I want you guys to check out those sources. It isn't all me. 
I'm just trying to spread the love, man. I'm a music fan in the end, and, and if there's something that I really like, I think it deserves the proper attention. Um, it It's disheartening when people bust their asses and things get zero attention. You know, that's what, that's what really bugs me. And if you guys do go to Earpeeler, earpeeler.com, I do encourage you, if there's a story that you read or a podcast that you listen to or if you search the site via an artist or a genre or a Star Wars show or a Walking Dead show or, you know, or or a wrestling-based show, check their stuff out, support them. That's the bottom line. That's, That's what I'm trying to get at, so... Anyway, earpeeler.com, galaxyofgeeks.net, my sci-fi geek-related show with my good friend Chris Vaglio, and this year, marsattacksradio.com. At any one of those three sites, you can go to the top or the bottom for the social media links, you know, uh, um, follow us, spread the good word. All that stuff is greatly appreciated. Click on any Amazon links. On any Amazon links that you click on in any one of those sites, we get a kickback for any purchase. Well, not for any purchase because I've seen that I've helped my folks purchase things and there are things that don't fall under, you know, whatever the Amazon guidelines. So whatever. Anyway, I've talked enough. (laughs) I bored you guys enough. Um, let's get into a track. I've, I've always dug this track big time and Kyle actually talks about it. The name of this track is, is the title track off of the album Apocryphon by the sword. Let's check this out and just jump right into the interview with Kyle. Thank you. 
$50,000 question. Did you write High Country acoustically or once you began writing the album, did you guys decide that it would be cool to go back and sort of rearrange these tracks in an acoustic fashion? Yeah, I mean, uh, it was very much the latter. Uh, we did the record, and it was kind of a really different songwriting uh, process for us, kind of, and also just songwriting style, I feel like. And uh, I felt like the the songs themselves could be kind of interpreted in a couple of different ways. And, and I had I had an idea to do an acoustic version of one of the songs, uh, and then right. I thought, well, maybe I'll, I'll do two so we can round it out and have like a seven-inch or something, you know? And um, right. it was like, literally right after we finished the record is when I started doing this. So it was about a year and a half ago, I guess. And um, uh, yeah, I did two real fast. Uh, like it happened a lot quicker than I thought it would. And then uh, I thought I'd just keep going and like try to do another one and then another one and then another one. And so we eventually had, um, I wouldn't call it acoustic version. I mean, a lot of them are acoustic, right. but there's some kind of funky ones too. And there was a couple that we did that were uh, really heavy versions of some of the softer songs that were on high country and it was like I, I don't know it, it kind of felt too forced after a certain point so after we got about 12 deep i was like let's just stop doing these heavy ones let's keep these two you know and then put the 10 kind of you know kind of more low-key tracks on onto low country and that was kind of like it just felt like the right thing to do uh, we did like a, a real fast punk rock version um <laughs> of uh the song turn to dust off of high country that we were like it just felt really out of place on there but we are putting it on a seven inches coming out with a friend of ours uh, who is, uh, has a book of photography that we're kind of featured in. So that we're going to do like a seven inch to kind of pair with that book. But yeah, that was kind of how the whole thing came about. Cool. So more or less the idea was to try to give a different spin and a different interpretation on, on these tracks. Not so much, as you said, not so much just going in, in an acoustic direction. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. And is this the first time that you contemplated doing something like that? Or is this something that you've always wanted to do? And this is just the first opportunity that you've been able to pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I mean, we really wanted to do um, a remix version of Apocryphon when that was out and call it Repocryphon. And uh, cause right. like bands used to do in the nineties used to do like remix versions of their albums all the time. Like why zombie did one and uh, you know, like fear factory. And like, I don't, I don't know, a bunch of bands did, shit like that like nine snails and kind of stuff like that and then we thought it would be yeah. cool but the the label wasn't really feeling it so we they we ended up doing what we called the double it was like a a, a single like a double single if we just called it a double <laughs> where we did like two songs on you know two seven inches and then the b-sides of those uh seven inches were like uh kind of club remixes that a dj friend of ours did that we just thought were all just funky and weird we just want to do you know kind of like kind of off the wall shit that people wouldn't think we would necessarily do because we are fans of all kinds of different music. So it's, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, sometimes, you know, we, we take making our albums very seriously, but when it comes to like the little kind of like bonus things where it's time to, you know, to really screw around and get weird. It's, we take that just as seriously too. So, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And I mean, it's obvious that with high country, you guys, uh, I mean, you just mentioned the Pacrophon, which was probably the most, off base track that you had done to date, but this album obviously takes things to another level, and then Low Country takes things in another direction completely. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's obvious that, or, or not obvious, but is it something that you guys wanted to do all along? You know, just grow and just say, you know, fuck it, we love all different types of music, so 
let's just break out of this mold that we've had before? Yeah, I mean, I feel like every time we put out a record, we kind of like took a step in a different direction. So, I mean, a lot of people right. like, I, I hear a lot that they'll say like, you know, with this change of direction, what do you think like that? I don't, know. I don't feel like we were ever really on a straight course before. I feel like we've kind of just always jumped around a little. Maybe this maybe this time we took a little bit bigger of a step than we had in the past, but um, I don't see us, I, I don't know. But what I tell people is I just we just make the records we want to hear. You know, we've right. always done that from the get-go. Uh, we never really set out to, to please anyone or or challenge anyone or compete with anyone uh, but ourselves, you know. And and uh, you know, after being in a band for, you know, 15 years almost and, and then, you know, going through your whole 20s on the road, seeing as, as, as high as things can get and as low as things can get, you know, it, it changes you as a person and it, it changes the 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 music that comes out of you and and so i feel like it's always been just a real natural progression of you know the, the, at least the three core members you know of just uh, going through it all together yeah uh, i mean you're gonna blow a lot of people's minds there by saying that musicians are actually people too and i know and lives, right? <laughs> <laughs> lives and influences change for you guys like like everyone else which is what mm -hmm. i never get when when bands do you know, try different things and whatnot. It's always, oh man, they sold out, or you know, or, or this uh -huh. album is this, or this album is that. And the analogy I always use, if you know, everyone, everyone changes because realistically, are is are we still going to be working at a burger joint? You know, forty years later, flipping yeah, burgers. Right. You know, it's to me, it's the same deal. People don't associate real life with what musicians do. Yeah. It's true. It, it it doesn't make sense to me. Um, so now that you do have Low Country out, are there any intentions to play these other variations of the songs live? Um, do you have any maybe special engagements planned where you guys are going to play the songs in the, in this fashion and maybe take some of your older tracks and and rework them as well? Or is this something that I mean you guys aren't planning to do at the moment? Yeah, no, I mean, we don't have any definite plans to do it at, at the moment, but it's not a no, you know, I mean, like if it, right. it would require a, a, a great deal of rehearsal and things like that, because we've never done anything like that before. But um, I, I could see it being more of a a thing where maybe we go do like a day trotter thing or like a radio kind of interview thing where we play a song or two or something like that. You know, I don't, I don't see us at this stage yet being able to pull off a whole like you know, evening with the sword, acoustic set, and then into electric. I mean, yeah, at some point that'd be cool if we, and I feel like maybe with this next record, um, we're going to try to incorporate a little of what, you know, like we did with Low Country and High Country all in one album that's maybe a little more concise, you know, and not, not so much music to throw at you at once. But um, yeah, we'll see. So maybe after a certain point, once we have kind of a an even larger repertoire of, yeah, acoustic material, we could attempt something like that. But not, not for the time being. Okay. So if, so if MTV were to revive the Unplugged series, say, two, three years down the road, you guys would be would be willing to jump in head first for something like yeah, that? Yeah, I'll figure out how to do it. I don't give a If they want to put me on TV, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So you touched on another interesting thing there. Is you, you're already like fleshing out what you guys are going to do with your next album. Um, obviously high country dropped, uh, at the beginning of this year. So, 
you guys are already in writing stages for the next album, or are you just putting riffs together at this point? Where exactly? Yeah, kind of like does... that. Just yeah, it, it's all going pretty slow at this point. We don't really have anything definite set up, but whenever we get to the point where it's time to write an album, it usually happens pretty fast. So I've kind of learned to have faith in that process over the years. <laughs> Obviously, a few years back, you guys got to do a ton of touring with Metallica. We did. How much did touring with them influence you guys as a band? Uh, a whole lot. I mean, like we we really had to grow up uh, on the road and, and on that tour. We'd never really had a crew before, and um, hadn't really ever toured on a, you know a tour bus of our own. You know that that was you know paid for by our own <laughs> money. Right. Um, and. Uh, it, it, we really uh, had to like learn how to do an arena tour. They they helped us out a lot. They were very generous, and their crew was immensely uh, immensely helpful. But um, yeah, it was just like okay, I, I guess we have to <laughs> load in at 10 a.m. now. So I guess we have to have a bus, and I, I guess we have to have a a guy over here. And, yeah, it was a whole lot of figuring out what we were doing. But um, Metallica made it very easy on us. They're true gentlemen. Okay, and. I've interviewed other people that um, were part of that tour as well. And one mm-hmm. of the things that they mentioned was the stark difference between them touring with their regular band and them touring as a band that was supporting Metallica, that it was like two opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, yeah, totally. <laughs> okay, so you can definitely relate to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, um, it's it, it's insane, like going from you know, playing in the round of a, a stadium, you know, on a stage like built for that tour, you know, and then playing over a hundred shows on it, and then realizing, wow, I've actually played more shows on this stage than any other stage in the world, you know, relatively right. speaking. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny going from that, you know, uh, just back to like a club last night we played in New Orleans that you know holds two hundred people and. You know, you can't even fit everything on the stage, you know, so <laughs> kind of funny. We've seen it all. Is that, is that humbling to you guys to go from something so big to uh, something of that size? Um, no, no. I mean, we're, I'm not uh, delusional. We don't have, you know, we never wrote the Black Album or anything, so, you know. <laughs> that that's, that's a funny way of looking at it. You know, there's so yeah. many artists that, you know, get there, they open for, for a big band and then you read interviews, you, you do interviews with them. And for years they complain about not being on that level, you know, and there's uh-huh. very few bands that are on the Metallica level. So, yeah. I mean, it's just sort of odd to hear people bitch about that. Um, the the time, other man. thing. Yeah, absolutely. The, the other thing that sort of caught me off guard with Metallica announcing their new album and everything else. There were so many people that came out of the woodwork, especially in social media, like crapping on them saying, well, they'll never, you know, try to take out a, um, a lesser known band with them. Or there was all this different shit that was spewing. And the first thing that I said, well, they took the sword out for a good part of their death magnetic tour. Uh, yes, the sword was not playing, you know, some dive bar in, in the middle of Texas that no one knew about or whatever. they, you guys obviously had a following, but still, I mean, we're, we're talking about the stark contrast between playing, you know, huge arenas and playing smaller shows, being someone that's been there 
and been part of these tours, I mean, is it fair to say that you can attest to the fact that they do go out of their way to help other bands out? Oh, absolutely. Whenever they asked us if we wanted to do their tour, they were, they were on a two and a half year uh, album cycle. And they told us that we could have the first or three slot as long as we wanted it. And huh. it was about a year in before we were like, Hey guys, <laughs> I don't think we can do this anymore. Cause we're all going insane. And they were like, man, we thought you guys were going to quit like six months ago. <laughs> but no, they, they do make it very easy uh, for young bands to exist in, on, on that level with them because it's, uh, it's a hard uh, beast to keep up with. And they are, um, they, they totally help younger bands. They took out Baroness, uh, Ghost when they were, you know, just starting. Um, they've taken out all kinds of tiny bands along the way. Uh, they used to, bring out what, like Candlebox? I'm just kidding. I don't know. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, more than anything, I'm assuming what was the most difficult part, the grind of playing so many dates? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just traveling with them, keeping up with them. Cause you know, they get on a jet every night and fly to wherever or go back to the whole, you know, really nice <laughs> hotel room or, or whatever, you know, kind of thing like that. And that's great. And all, but you know, when you, just trying to play catch up with them, like riding in a van or a bus or flying or whatever. Yeah, it's just it got uh, maddening after about a year. You said you guys were in New Orleans last night. Where are you guys mm-hmm. playing tonight? Uh, Birmingham, Alabama. Okay, cool. How long is this tour going on for? Uh, it's about six weeks. We link up with OPEF in about a week, and then that takes us pretty much all the way to uh, the end of October. Uh, gotcha. Okay. And after that, do you guys have anything planned, or this is pretty much everything you've got planned? This until... is pretty much it. Yeah, we're uh, going to take the rest of the year off. Uh, I'm about to welcome a child into this crazy world, so that'll happen in <laughs> January. And uh, yeah, that's kind. I'm sure we'll write a record in there at some point. But um, yeah, okay. what we do. Awesome. If people want to keep up with what you guys have going on, where <laughs> should they go? Uh, we have all the the usual, you know, uh, internet presence, uh, kind of social sites, um, on, you know, Instagram stuff. It's usually the sort official, uh, dot com, um, and uh, on Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff too. It's the same thing. Hey, what's up? This is Kyle from the Sword, and you're listening to Mars Attacks.
There you go, a little empty temples coming off of Low Country. Obviously, that track also appears on the album High Country in a very different electrified format there, per se. But, uh, yeah. In any event, I want to thank Kyle for joining me for the interview. I also want to thank Jenna from Razor and Tie for hooking everything up. And that's it, man. This is a, a short episode in comparison. Usually doing my good old 20 minutes to half an hour of ranting and and playing music and whatnot. Just figured I'd go in in a different direction this episode. So there you go. Uh, more things on the horizon, hopefully, for the whole, uh, you know, Mars Attacks, Galaxy of Geeks, Ear Peeler family news shortly. We'll see if uh, if I can pull a few rabbits out of the hat, per se. But, uh, yeah. In any event, we're going to leave you with another track by the sword. Let's get into... Let's see, let's get into something off of High Country. The name of this track is Seriously Mysterious. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time right here on the Mars Attacks podcast. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Mars Attacks Podcast. This concludes our show. 